0: You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. On January 29th, the eve of President Trump's first State of the Union address, the Washington Post brought together influential lawmakers, political operatives, and plugged-in analysts to preview the president's speech and look ahead to the coming legislative year. In this segment, Communication in the Trump Era, Washington Post Politics and Accountability anchor Libby Casey sits down with a panel of seasoned political operatives and a congressional rising star to get their predictions for the president's state of the union speech and to discuss and debate the relevance of the speech in modern political times. The panel includes Democratic Congressman Eric Swalwell from California, Ari Fleischer, former White House Press Secretary for George W. Bush, Donna Brazile, the former chairwoman of the Democratic National Committee, and David Urban, president of the American Continental Group and former Trump campaign senior advisor. Let's
1: listen. hope you know I got the questions in advance, and I, I, was I made sure that every, I shared them. She did I, I shared them. I asked for them. She won't give them to me. I shared them, and uh, it's going to be really fun. Good afternoon. Thank oh, you so much, all of you, you. for being here. Touch. Oh man
2: fireworks are starting already. I'm Libby Casey. I'm our on-air politics reporter here at The Washington Post. And we're thrilled to have this panel today to talk about communications in the Trump era. Great moment to do it in advance of tomorrow night's speech. So let me introduce my guests. Congressman Eric Swalwell, Democrat, who's represented California's 15th district in the Bay Area since 2013. Thanks for being here. Ari Fleischer served as the White House press secretary from 2001 to 2003 under President George W. Bush, and he now runs his own strategic communications firm. Hi, Ari. THE FORMER CHAIRWOMAN OF THE DEMOCRATIC NATIONAL COMMITTEE.
3: (laughs) Okay, I'll give it a nice round of fans. applause, Donna. Come
2: on. I'm a local girl. <laughs> you are a local girl. She also, of course, uh, managed former Vice President Al Gore's 2000 presidential campaign. How's and that David turn Urban. out for Thank you, Donald. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hanging chairs, swinging chairs, and my favorite goes pregnant chairs. <laughs> hey, it ain't over till it's over. Amen. We'll see what happens next. And yeah. David Urban is a former senior advisor to the Trump presidential campaign and currently serves as president of the American Continental Group here in Washington. Thanks, David, for being here. Before I get started, let me remind the audience both here in the room as well as uh, watching online that you can send us questions, use that hashtag post live, and we'll get to some of those later on. So we have some talkers here, so we'll try to keep this answer a little bit brief. (laughs) What do you want to hear tonight from the president versus what you expect to hear tomorrow night? Congressman, let's start with you and we'll go down the aisle.
4: Yeah, well, I hope he speaks to uh, the millions of Americans who are not yet feeling the thrust of this economy. I mean, there's no denying that the stock market is up, unemployment is at near full employment, and the GDP hovers around 3%. But there's so many people that I talk to who I grew up with or who live in my district uh, who couldn't weather a $500 emergency, a car car tire going flat, a washing machine going out, a kid going to the emergency room. People are not saving more. They're going deeper and deeper into debt. So how does this tax bill reach them and help lift their hopes and dreams.
2: Do you expect to hear that message?
4: I hope so, yeah. That's who he needs to talk to, because we know who is benefiting from his tax plan, but I think a lot of Americans uh, still want to know, how is this going to help them? All right. I want to hear normal. I want, I want to hear, yeah.
2: What does I, that mean to you?
5: I want to hear a president who does what presidents do, unifies us, talks about bigger things that unite a country, uh, the, the Trump presidency has just been such a fascinating one to watch on so many levels. He has so many accomplishments and so many good things that he has done, has the potential to do. But it seems like every time he moves the ball down the field, he gets a penalty flag for unnecessary, unnecessary roughness. And it's, it's the spontaneous moments that get him. So at a moment like this, when you're talking to 30, 40, 50 million Americans unify. and the other reason I say that is I'm, I'm convinced now that the American people and elected Donald Trump Knew they were electing somebody with warts and all, Mexicans are rapists. It doesn't surprise anybody. There's a settlement with a porn star. The, the reason is the American people hate Washington so much, think this place is so broken, they didn't care. And they wanted to send somebody who would get things done. So they sent a disruptor. Now he's entering the phase of his presidency where he needs less disruption and more getting things done. Because they didn't elect disruption to, for disruption's sake. THEY ELECTED DISRUPTION TO GET THINGS DONE SAKE. THAT'S WHAT HE HAS TO DELIVER ON.
1: Along those same lines, the president promised to uh, come to Washington, D.C., drain the swamps, and to end politics as usual. Uh, he has been an unusual president. I totally agree with my colleague here. I think tomorrow night the president gets an opportunity to uh, uh, to tell the American people what he's accomplished over the last year. Of course, he's going to tout his tax plan, which is not very, very popular. But I also believe the president is going to try to recast himself uh, as a different reality TV star. Uh, Someone who has knowledge about the world. Uh, He's going to brag about his uh, trip to uh, Davos. He's going to give us a lot of dazzling numbers to to show that he has made a lot of progress in jobs, a stock market. He's going to take credit for a lot of things. The the question tomorrow night when he finished uh, his speech uh, and get back to the White House and start tweeting. Um, what is the president? What, what is the lasting impression we will have of this president? Is he still going to be the divider in chief? or Will he uh, come across to most Americans as a commander in chief? I don't have a lot of expectations uh, for this president because every time I think the president has hit a new milestone to reset. Uh, sort of reset his presidency, he's gone back into form. Uh, And the question is, will he return to the Donald Trump, the populist firebrand on the campaign trail in 2016, or the new president that wishes to unite the country? David?
3: So I I get the easy part, right? I get the cleanup, right, after after Ari, Donna, and the congressman. I, I think you're going to see an aspirational Donald Trump tomorrow. I think it's going to be a shining city on the hill kind of speech. I think the president does very well. If you recall, last uh, last year, when he came, uh, went to, up to the Hill and, and spoke to the Congress, um, he had that kind of speech. It wasn't a State of the Union. It was an aspirational speech. I think that after the speech was done, everybody, you know, it, it, most pundits said, wow, what a great speech. And and it, and people wanted to see him govern like that. And as Ari said and and has uh, been said, that, you know, the president was elected um, to come to D.C break some China and shake things up because I can tell you the folks out on the campaign trail are, are, are none too happy with the, with the current state of play. Uh, and so it's tough to, to be a disruptor and then a uniter at the same time. It's a very difficult, fine line to walk. Um, the president's entering a phase, I think, of the presidency now, is, is most people acknowledge, if you're going to get anything done, right, on DACA, this, uh, this incredible offer, path of citizenship for, for, for two, uh, close to two million folks. Something that I'll point out that neither President Bush, President Obama, or President Clinton even offered to do because they couldn't get it done on their own caucuses. I, I know, and the Republican Congress is not popular. It's not popular amongst a great deal of Democrats. Um, I think that must be a pretty good bill, right, if both parties don't like it. So we'll see where it ends up. But I think at the end of the day, you know, they're gonna have an aspirational speech something that I think everyone will say, wow, that was a great job. Now let's see what happens on Wednesday. You
4: know, David, to your point, I I thought Tuesday during that about three weeks ago was the best day in his presidency. He let the cameras in. I think a lot of people thought that is who they were electing, the guy sitting with the Republicans and Democrats and wheeling and dealing and saying, you come up with something on immigration, I'll sign it. But as Ari had said, he can't put two good days together because about, you know, two days later, we saw what he said and felt about these African countries, and the deal that they brought to him blew up. And so I, I still think you know, Congress can collaborate, but we need somebody at the White House who's going to take the deals that we come up with. So Would, would, you,
3: would you vote for the, the, the plan as it stands now? I'd vote for the Aguilar-HERD plan, which no, uh, not so Will my Herd question. And, my, vote, my question was, would you vote for, would you support path of citizenship for close to two million folks solving the DACA problem for a wall? Yeah, I would,
4: I would vote for increased border security, which that we have said great, it would man. include a wall, but not to cut legal immigration. That was never on the table, and now the president wants. to So you to want end a more narrow no, but, You're but,
3: going but, So with what, what do you say to the DACA approach. folks, DACA beneficiaries, those two million folks that stand to become citizens? What would you say to those folks?
4: That we're not going to bring you in and then kick out your family members who have already Okay So when they show up, you next like, down. Let me just ask you, David. Month. Let me ask you, does, does this hey, sure come enough. up in
2: the speech tomorrow? Does the president address this head-on? Does he pitch his immigration proposal? And and does he treat it as a starting point for negotiations? Because because
1: there's a big cloud. I mean, the government shutdown is likely to occur again. I mean, we're looking at February
2: 8th, and and then also a deadline in March for for the Dreamers. So we have two big deadlines coming up. And so I'll acknowledge the the, congressman, your
3: colleagues on the right, are just as upset about this
4: proposal as well. That's right. Again, Graham... Uh, and Durbin took him a deal. And he said, you make the deal, <laughs> I'll sign it. And we saw... I
2: want to just swing us back to the communications perspective sure. here because, as you mentioned, the president last year during his joint address had a lot of successes by by the metrics of a presidential speech, staying on a message, staying on the teleprompter. And then within that same week, big news broke about... His attorney general during the campaign, meeting with the Russian ambassador to the U.S., uh, the attorney general ended up recusing himself from the Russia investigation. So how long-lasting is the State of the Union bump, and can it all be destroyed Wednesday morning with the wrong tweet?
5: Well,
4: <laughs> you, you said back Wednesday in, uh, back morning it's uh, going
5: to be Tuesday <laughs> night?
2: Tuesday night. No, Tuesday,
5: no, okay. it, will, it won't be that fast. <laughs> Uh, he
2: seems to be more look, of a morning tweeter.
5: It, it's always a challenge for presidents to corral the message and get everything going their way as opposed to all the various inputs you have when you're at the White House. International, something goes wrong, something happens in domestic agency, it's uncontrollable often. The problem though with President Trump is, and it's of his own making, he too often creates his own problem going forward. He doesn't stay on that role. and This is where I agree with it. And I say this as somebody out of frustration because I want him to be successful. And on policy, there's a lot about Donald Trump I like. In terms of the nature and the way he has conducted his presidency, there's a lot that I do not like. And this is a big part of it. Presidents have to have that discipline to stay on message. If he had more of it, he'd have a much more successful presidency. And, and if he did, last point, the 10 Democrats in the 10 Trump states who are up for reelection will be under massive pressure to vote with Trump. The reason they're not voting with Trump all the time right now is because he's not very popular. If he can get his popularity up to about 50% nationally, It'll be a sea change in Washington because those ten Democrats will have to vote for him, and a lot more and, will. And, get done. and, and, we,
2: and we, we do anticipate infrastructure right. coming up as an issue that a lot of those red state Democrats would would love to get behind. But Go but
1: ahead, there are Don, also yeah. twenty three members of Congress that won in districts where Hillary carried. <laughs> so we we also we also know that there's a lot of politics in 2018. I want to talk about the weather. The forecast tomorrow is light winds with the possibility of snow. I'm a weather wimp, so I should talk about weather. But there's another. That continues to hover around this presidency, and that is the Trump Russia investigation. And the question is: Is he going? To, will he talk about that? Come of course not. Why should no. he? Well, I'm just. This look, is about I mean, government, not the, but, nonsense. But, 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 this is not nonsense. I mean, the interference. The election's no, no, over. This not, has not, been the
5: Democratic excuse the day after the election.
1: This is no not an excuse. This is not an excuse when our democracy. When we have a foreign... Once upon a time, Ari, you and I would agree that if a foreign government interfered in our election, we would both complain about it. Agreed. Okay? So it is important for us to understand with an election coming up in less than, what, 280-some-odd days, that we understand what... Uh, what issues we need to resolve? If you look at what, it, what has happened in Europe, they have built a firewall against foreign uh, in- aggression and interference. What have we done? What have we done on Capitol Hill? So yes, this is something the President of the United States should be concerned about because he should be concerned about the democracy, the health of our But I would plan. like
2: to hear from Congressman. The Congressman, do, do you want to hear Democrats talk about Russia tomorrow? I mean, you're on the Intel Committee. You've been very involved in in some of these behind the scenes issues that the rest of us aren't privy to. What does the- Congressman Joe Kennedy tomorrow night yeah. talk about? It?
4: What I think the president could say, which would be unifying, is that we're going to put together an independent commission, just as we did after Pearl Harbor, just as we did after weapons of mass destruction, just as we did after September 11th. And I I wrote the bill with Republican support that would do that to look at not, you know, the issues that Bob Mueller is looking at, but what do we do to secure the ballot box in 2018 and 2020? Most Americans believe that Russia interfered and that we ought to do something to make sure they don't do it again. And that would have... Bipartisan support, but he doesn't acknowledge that.
3: So uh, I'm just extremely hopeful that our national security apparatus isn't waiting for the Congress to tell them what to do. I'm hopeful that FBI counterterrorism, the FBI Mm -hmm. folks have been out on their toes, and I'm sure that they've done this. I'm sure the NSA has been leaning forward. I'm sure the CIA has been leaning forward. If our United States of America, if Americans are sitting home waiting for the Congress to act on this, I'm going to wait a long time. But I don't know if you well, saw Attorney no, General I Sessions. Would not, I would not. But
1: we need I, presidential I,
3: leadership. I, I think a commission is a nice way to kick the can down the road on things. To, I thought the September commission did a lot of good work. Let,
2: let, nice let, way let, way let me throw the news. Yeah, the, the news of the, news the day. Presidential leadership. We saw the FBI deputy director, Andrew That's McCabe, right. uh, that is stepping down. That news came out today. We heard Phil Rucker talk about that earlier. What do you do from a communication standpoint with that news? Is that going to really overshadow tomorrow night, Ari?
5: Oh, goodness, no. This is such a Washington story. The number of people in America who know who the FBI director is is nobody. (laughs) The number who know the deputy director, this is Washington news. Now, look, I think what is as important is we all have an FBI we can have faith in, trust in. I do think the investigation of Hillary has raised a whole lot of issues that have not been adequately addressed including the fact now we learned that Hillary was sending emails to Barack Obama as president, and when the Comey report came out, they cleaned up the name, took Obama out, and well, made government I, I just want to pause this official. here, because
2: this sounds to be so, like but, your communication strategy but, but, of, of pivoting the news, which is certainly you know, a, well, fair, a fair to. perspective. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm entitled to it. Absolutely. But, I'm allowed but, to have my absolutely. opinion. I
5: don't have to just go with anybody, anybody But, but else. in terms of
2: the communication strategy, is that something that Republicans need to do this week? I mean, did you bring oh, look, it back look, to that to Hillary Clinton, or did you try to move on and, and, and talk and infrastructure here's why, immigration And, and here's jobs. why I
5: objected to what 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 Donna said, I am all for fortifying America, and you are 100 percent right, it should already be underway, outside Russian election interference. An attack on one party is an attack on all parties. But face it. The whole issue of a Russia-Trump collusion is about whether or not Donald Trump and his campaign cooperated with Russia to hack the DNC and Podesta's emails or to disseminate them. That's what collusion's about, and there's no evidence that's the case.
2: Congressman, do you bring this up if you're Congressman Joe Kennedy tomorrow night giving a Democratic response, or do you just stay, steer clear of I it? wouldn't
4: look backward. I would look forward and yeah. say that we have a responsibility to protect our democracy, and that's something both parties should be interested in.
2: How important is the State of the Union at this point? How important? is the state of the union and you can, we can certainly bring out yeah. bring your next so, point so in, but i just, just want to know like yeah. is is that going to make news this week are no. americans going to tune in and focus on that or are they going to be thinking about these issues that you're all bringing up
1: they're thinking about their s- recipes for the super bowl right i
3: was going to say oh. right so <laughs> you know i i i think look most americans want to know how your roads are going to get fixed how bridges that are collapsing are going to get fixed schools that are failing to are be repaired that's what people want to hear about secure borders Path of citizenship for the, these DACA kids, right? And, and and I believe that the Congress can get this done, right? You can sit down, as the congressman said, the president in the room, and negotiate it outside of politics. Unfortunately, as Donna and everyone here knows, you heard this. You heard uh, Minority Leader Pelosi up here talking about it. 23 seats to pick up to impeach the president, right? That's kind of the buzz, is, right? And 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 a lot of bipartisanship may not get done. I think the president's in his best interest to be aspirational, to talk about the shining city on the hill, how we can make America better for all Americans, the rising tide, all those things, right? The standard deduction of $24,000. How do you sell that? That doesn't help that? your member, people in so your So I'd love to hear from you we're how that, you sell
2: that. It does not no. sound like, from the indications we're getting from the White House, that the president plans to do a road tour, take the message out there like we've seen past presidents yeah. do, although Sarah Sanders SORT OF PUNTED ON THAT TODAY AND SAID, WE'LL, we'll LET YOU KNOW uh, OF OUR TRAVEL PLANS. IS THAT A MISSED OPPORTUNITY, Ari?
5: YES, IT IS. YES. YEAH, THAT PART OF THE PRESIDENCY HAS ALWAYS PERPLEXED ME ON WHY. AND AGAIN, WHEN I SAID BE NORMAL, There are certain normal things that people in this town do, because it's effective. It's an effective way to connect with the constituents who are the bosses. The president's style is so much more through Twitter and through other means that I think only goes skin deep and often hurt himself. So, yeah, I would love to see him go out and meet with the people who are getting these bonuses, getting the pay raises, getting a $15 minimum wage now through the actual natural economy instead of a government-dictated mandate. These are the way the president
1: can connect with people and broaden his base. So why not do this road tour? Because because it's called message discipline. And once upon a time, when you laid out the three or four pillars of your State of the Union, what happened next was, you know, you go out there and you start selling your program. You sell your vision. This president has a hard time keeping his what I call his eyes on the prize. And part of the problem, I think, is that if he goes out there, he likes to rally his base, he likes red meat, he likes to return to that fiery populace who ran in 2016. And that's not a unifying president. That's a president who's going to con- constantly campaign, and when he campaigns, he divides.
5: It's, but, but also, I think, it's but, also not enough. No president can run just on their base alone.
3: That's,
1: correct. that's And that's why I think you'll see a
3: pivot. I think you'll see a pivot here with... With immigration, trying to strike a deal, I think the president does want to sign a deal. I think he wants to to protect the DACA kids, so I think you'll see a coming together on that. I think does his team want to see that? Yeah, I, I think they do. I think they, I think you're going to see that happen. I mean, because it know, does,
2: there just seem to be different in White House. I think that's House, is... I, I think
3: that's a perception, but I believe that you know they're not going to. No one's sending anybody home, right? And so I think that you're going to see. Everybody wants a deal to get done. I think the same thing on infrastructure. And and these are great issues, not just for Americans, but they're great political issues because they require those 10... Senate Democrats is, is already talked about, right? Senator Manchin was on Sunday, right, talking about, it. sounded pretty Republican to me. David, I agree on infrastructure. He design. sounded
1: like that last year, too. <laughs> but I, I agree but on, on infrastructure.
4: That. That, you know, to support this innovation economy, we have to move people around and have a, a 21st century Absolutely. roads, bridges, tunnels, green Airports, energy solutions. Right when the president came to Congress last year and said that, he said, I'm going to invest a trillion dollars in infrastructure. You know who stood up? The Democrats. You know that's who stayed right. seated? The Republicans. And so he has a problem in his own base that they don't support that. But the second problem is that it's a lesson my parents taught me. Don't burn a hole in your pocket with, you know, uh, your first paycheck. The Republicans have spent nearly $2 trillion on this tax cut that now we are almost unable to fund any infrastructure spending, and that's going to be a real problem. Well, You're no, I, w- that I have. want to
2: hear from you all about yeah. accountability. Because we, when yes. the president goes out tomorrow night and, and talks about accomplishments but also looks forward, here are my goals, here's what I aspire to do, how important is it that there's follow through? Last year, we heard him talk about building a wall. Hasn't happened yet. Repealing Obamacare, has not really happened. Tax cuts, big tax package, that did happen. But is 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 the American populace watching what the president does, or are they listening to news reports, or really commentary reports at places like Fox News, who are giving him a pluses when some of the follow through isn't there? What do we look at six months? From I now? think
4: this will be a, a check and balance election, which seems quite simple. But I think what Americans will be looking for is whether they have a Congress that can collaborate with the president, where it helps them and lifts them. I think infrastructure, immigration are two areas where you can find cohesion. But whether they're willing to stand up and be a check on the president uh, when he tries to follow through on uh, the wall or, you know, the the Muslim ban or some of the other uh, policies, I think it's going to be a check and balance election. I don't mind that he hasn't followed through on the wall. You know, quite frankly, I don't mind that he hasn't followed through on some of these other hurtful policies. So I don't think we should hit him over the head for that because, that would hurt people if you actually forced them into. He, his through.
1: best numbers came as a result of meeting with, huh. um, Leader Pelosi and uh, Leader oh, Schumer, Schumer. Uh, okay, and yes. everybody. I mean, the American people. His numbers. Finally, came out of the weeds a little bit, and, and you saw the American people say, "Wow, he can work with the Democrats. He can work with other people." I think it would. I think the president needs to spend at least a third of his speech tomorrow night not talking to his base, but talking to that mom and dad out there in America who's concerned still about their job security, who want to know if this tax package will trickle down to them, and if so, will it help, you know, improve their their job status, their wages, et cetera. If the president can reach that milestone, maybe, even perhaps. Uh, we'll see an improvement in his numbers. And, and Can you I just gonna, ask Ari yeah. real
2: quick, how important sure. was follow-through yeah. for President Bush, and do you see it, has it changed? Is there not that level of accountability it's, right now? It's
5: always important. It was important for President Obama, too. But support from the American people for a president is always driven by two factors. One, I like and I believe in the president. There is a personal element. It's a trust, a connection element. Even if they have no accomplishments, they're fighting for you, you believe in them. That's important. And Trump has that with his base. The second area that could broaden his base is actual accomplishment. Tax reform I present to you is one, and I think as the year goes along, it's gonna to continue to really resonate positively as economic growth picks up and wages are likely to rise. And Trump is in a position to get substantial credit for it. Secondly, though, comes with that, is if he can get infrastructure and immigration done, that's a powerful three, tax reform, infrastructure, and immigration, way more than either of his predecessors got done. So that is, is a potential for a lot of trust and base expansion through accomplishment. We'll see what happens, we'll see in the, how the year goes.
3: And, and I would just say that the thing that looms large, to, to kind of use Donna's metaphor of the cloud, is that you know, the government, we still have to keep the government open in a That's week. Right. We have to raise the debt ceiling. Right. There are two supplementals for emergency spending for disasters. Uh, and then you're gonna get to DACA, and then you're gonna get to infrastructure. There's gonna be a great deal of fatigue in the Congress, in this town, about spending money about cooperating. There's gonna be a lot of fighting going back and forth to get those things that they need to do Done. I mean, when I worked back here, when I I used to work on the Hill many years ago, and we passed 13 spending bills mm-hmm. every year. Right. Subcommittee markup, full now, committee markup, and, and there was, was no school, filibusters. Right, there was a full house rock, right? I'm just a right It was. So hill, like, right? It was like, I remember right. those days. And the government used to work, yeah. Yeah. right? right. And, and 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 I think I believe that this government can work again like that. And, and people tend we, we go from crisis to crisis here, and it's become normal. That's just not into this. But what gives you
2: faith that it can it can return? I'm not. I'm
3: not certain. You know, I would I would hope it can, but that's that's the part of the Congress's responsibility to go through normal order, take bills up, have hearings. And markets. it's not very sexy. It's pretty run-of-the-mill, boring. But can grind. the president
2: have a strong voice in the, the process of that, that,
3: That's a lot of the Congress, and that's you know that's why the president was sent here, right? Because to break some china, to shake things up, and. And and quite frankly, the Congress needs to get get moving.
5: And you know, in fairness, and I've been very critical of President Trump when he has said things like the s-hole statements that he made, I was very vociferous criticizing him for that. And I always will be. But it works in both directions. When Democrats initially refused to show up at a State of the Union, at, at his inaugural at his inaugural event, and tomorrow we're hearing about Democrats are going to boycott his State of the Union, this is part of the destructive atmosphere of Washington
4: that everybody needs to stop.
2: Let's hear from the, the congressman that. The congressman plans to attend tomorrow night. I was,
4: I was at the inauguration. I, afterwards, I sat at a lunch next to Kellyanne Conway and Sheldon Adelson, and it was a <laughs> tough day. Uh, I took the first flight home. <laughs> I, you know, uh, it was Sheldon. a tough day to be a Democrat that day. Sheldon took uh, your money, probably, yeah. too.
1: Yeah. Well, I, right. after the uh, I, I, after the treatment by uh, many Republicans, um, after the what I call, after I call the treatment of President Barack Obama at the State of the Union, I, I don't have a lot of faith and confidence in any member of Congress re- with regard to, you know, the State of the Union, so I'm I'm just going to let that go by me. But, but look, the boycott I, has look, to stop. Look, I am a former Hill staffer. I, I, I respect the office of the presidency, I but I also believe it goes two ways when it comes to respect. And we you cannot expect Democrats to hold all of these high standards, moral standards, every other standard. And then when it comes to, you know... Uh, expressed in one's views. There are a lot of members who are quite offended. There are a lot of Americans who are quite offended by the president's remarks uh, regarding those countries, the continent of Africa, Haiti, El Salvador, Honduras, yeah. et cetera. And I think many of those members, uh, some of the members I know, I've talked to a few of them personally, have decided that they will not show up. There are some wow. who will show up tomorrow and they will uh, show up with uh, Kenty Clough and other um, Symbols to show that th- these, these countries, especially the continent of Africa, you know, we respect the continent. We love the people of Africa. We love the people of Haiti. We love the people of El Salvador. And they are going to show that as well tomorrow.
2: Congressman, what, what does this do for tone? I mean, how do you think Democrats need to comport themselves tomorrow and this week as we have this tradition? We can...
4: So I'm, I'm showing up. I think it's a personal decision mm-hmm. for each member. I'm showing up because I want to be a check on the president. I think that's the role of Congress. I want them to see that I and my colleagues are there and that we're going to work with them where we can and hold them accountable where we need to. But I think you can also make a statement, as Donna pointed out. I know women uh, will also be wearing uh, black in support of the Time's Up uh, Me Too uh, movement. So I, I think those statements are important. I also don't think, you know, we want to make news. We want to let his... Policy uh, be heard and then we should respond uh, as vigorously as we can uh, with public sentiment afterwards
2: I hear a desire from all of you that the president stick to the script that he stick to the (laughs) the teleprompter Um, Does it benefit him though with his base or otherwise to go rogue to throw in some (laughs) some off-the-cuff remarks. Do you see room there? I mean it certainly makes for conversation Uh, But (laughs) what does it say about the presidency and what does it do to his political capital?
5: Yeah, not tomorrow night. No, I and agree. And much less so going forward. You know, again, the, the, the Trump's success, if it will be successful down the road, meaning he won't lose the Congress in 18 and who knows about re-election in 20, it's too soon to say, is going to be based on him getting things done, not just disruption. The American people took that chance electing him because they thought he could. They thought a businessman going to Washington in the place of the politicians, the businessman could get things done he's got to fulfill that end of the promise to be a successful president. Less of that unnecessary roughness rhetoric and more normalcy is the future for Trump.
1: That teleprompter
5: went out one year. God forbid.
1: Yeah. I, I, yes, I recall. Bill Clinton, get it I, by I was there, 93. but uh, Bill Clinton. Okay, so no to the White so, House. Big so, big print on the paper. Bring it in. Bring two it in, and bring it in. And yeah, hydrate, two hydrate, hydrate. Hydrate, hydrate, <laughs> <I mean>, hydrate. <laughs> abandon <laughs> those guy, cokes. Hydrate so that he, you know, also looked the part as he read the script. Uh, but tomorrow night, the president is bringing in uh, several Americans, heroes, people that we all applaud like he did last year. And we owe it to them. Um, because many of the people that he will honor tomorrow night and pay tribute to are people that we admire, uh, that have inspired us with their bravery. Um, and so I would hope that, again, this is a night for all Americans to tune in. He is the president of the United States uh, and give him an opportunity to make his case to the American people. And the next day, as many of us know, we will dissect the speech and <laughs> point out his shortcomings. I want to say one thing. Please. Um, The resistance is growing, in large part because of Donald Trump. And tomorrow night, for those who are uh, still appalled at the election of President Trump, they get an opportunity to also uh, go out there and speak out. And I want to make sure that people understand there are... Millions of our fellow citizens who did not vote for the president, who've been waiting for the president to pivot, and they have grown increasingly frustrated with this president and his policies. And I expect that they will also uh, have a say um, when their speech is over. with.
2: So Donna, with the Democratic strategist hat on, is there a benefit to the president tweeting something uh, controversial the next day, going off message, I look
1: talking about like forward to, to that. it? <laughs> now. I know you said that he's not a midnight tweeter. Maybe it's the time of the morning I wake up, but it looks as though he puts his ideas together the night before, and in the morning he goes, woof. So I'm looking forward to those tweets. You know,
2: I mean, Congressman, do you look forward to them, or is there a difference between you know the the, the political strategy versus what it means to be a functioning Congress and a functioning government? And- well,
4: they, they bring anxiety for everyday working people. I represent you know a district on the West Coast and. You know, we don't think it's funny or uh, something you should be loose with to just poke somebody who has nuclear weapons in the eye, unless you have a strategy behind it. If if there was a strategy to dealing with North Korea that, mm-hmm. uh, and this was a, a tactic uh, of that, I, I may be able to go along with it. But no one believes that this is part of an overall strategy and that this is just bringing us, you know, closer to uh, being attacked unnecessarily.
3: That's uh, what uh, worries me. Although I, I, w- yeah. I will say, for the first time, the North Koreans and the South Koreans are talking at the table, going to the Olympics. And this president has the luxury of kicking the can down the road as many presidents have. And we should so welcome that. might That's give a pass on, That's a good I want to give him a pass on North yeah.
1: Korea. So. That's a good thing. I, I tell you, one, one area we'll all be talking about by the end of the week, and that is how many people viewed the State of the Union. Right. And I- I'm sure the president is going to tout his numbers. Uh, <laughs> So I'm looking, George W. Bush has the record at $60 million, I think, followed by Barack Obama, $60 million following the tragedy of 9-11 and President Obama, his first year in office. So we'll see where the president will line up with the numbers game as well. But, you know, since we've gone into Super Bowl week, we just have to, you know, bring but, but, out the numbers. But, again, but will that be a reflection of... It might be of, a tough briefing
5: for Sarah.
2: <laughs> yeah. For Sarah. Sarah Sanders?
5: Well, remember the last time there was a press briefing about numbers?
2: Yes, yes, okay. Crowd
1: sizes,
2: anything do sizes. Is that a reflection of the the current presidency, or is that a reflection of State of the Union and the media environment right now? If the numbers are low, if if Americans don't tune tune in, is that... Has has the State of the Union diminished in its importance with this modern era of constant communication?
5: No. The State of the Union remains paramount, remains an essential feature of our democracy. And it it really is a time for people to tune in and see with their own eyes what a president does and says. Even though it's scripted, it's on a teleprompter, and always has been for both parties since teleprompters were invented. Uh, But the stagecraft of government remains important. These national rituals remain important. They are one of the few things that unite us and should unite us, and we should watch. And I always watch Barack Obama's, and I hope people will watch Donald Trump's.
4: Just might be Instagram storied and Snapchatted and other forms that young people receive their uh, news these days.
1: I'll never forget. And back in nineteen eighty-one, I'm aging myself, but that's okay. (laughs) Sitting next to you, I look young. But I'll never forget when I was a college intern. We're, we're, we're actually friends. So <laughs> yeah, we're friends. That's why I can mess with. I'm like friends guy. with Donna. Uh, but you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Speaker, the President of the United States. I was so happy. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, during Ronald Reagan's presidency, no. I was there. During George W. Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush. It's it's it is. It is so American. It's quintessential American. I look forward to seeing the president. I continue to pray for this president as I pray for every president. My grandmother taught us that when we were kids, uh, growing up, praying for John F. Kennedy and then all the presidents. So I look forward to it. And then the next day, I look forward to commenting. All right, well, we'll have to leave it there.
2: So thank you so much to the panelists. Really appreciate your time.
1: Thank
2: you. And I'd like to hand things off now to my colleague, Ed O'Keefe, who will be doing our last panel of the day. So thanks so much, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.